welcome to the Andrea K show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. So glad to have you all here with me. This is our new thing. This is what's happening uh, with the Andrea K. Show. Every week, we're going to be broadcasting live via Facebook at this time. That time may change a little bit, depending on what's happening here with the radio station. So I'll keep you posted on that. But the Andrea K. Show then will be up and ready for everybody else at 6 p.m. right here tonight on uh, AM 1170. Glad to be with you all and to share this time with you. Also, of course, Getting to share this time with my buddy DJ Carrot Sticks. Now it's crazy. Now you're doing it on uh, Facebook Live. Isn't it true? They say the, the camera adds 70 pounds, right? <laughs> it better not add 70 pounds. It, I think it took the 10 for me and the 10 from you and added it all on me. <laughs> well, you know what? If I keep eating the donuts, then, you know, maybe maybe it will look like the camera's added 70 pounds to me. But you know what? No, I'm not going to stop eating my donuts, okay? I got a little bit of a lecture recently from my doctor when I had some blood tests done. And he said my sugar levels were still normal, but they were kind of creeping up. And I'm like, no, I, I ain't giving up my donuts, okay? There's just enough unrest going on in the world out there. And that kind of reminds me of, of the topics of tonight's Andrea Keisha. Oh, my gosh, chaos. It's just so chaotic out there. It's just insane what's happening in Trump's new America. Oh, my gosh. The Dow was hovering down around 20, a historic mark. Oh, my gosh. You know, the, the economic apocalypse is here. Look at these protests that we had at the airport. Oh, my gosh. This chaos is just, it's just unsustainable. It, we are now seeing just a continuation. You know who's been bringing the chaos to America and what's been happening out there? We've had eight years of chaos from the Obama administration in every way that they could as part of their cultural Marxist attempt to try to transform America from a constitutional republic to something looking along the lines of you know, Cuba or, or what have you. And they've done that through fake stories like Hands Up, Don't Shoot and fostering the hate and divisions through Black Lives Matter. You want to talk about chaos? Do we need to remind everybody about what happened in Ferguson and what happened in Baltimore? What happened even down in Florida after Trayvon Martin when he interjected himself into that? Chaos. And what's all this hysteria over chaos now? What's it about? It's about they are literally they started out trying to undermine Trump after the election. Now it's so far is that they're literally trying to count him dead. This reminds me of during the campaign in which it was, you know, this is the beginning of the end for Trump. Oh, my gosh. Look, look at his comments he made about Miss, U Miss Universe. Oh, my gosh. He had some bad press for a few days. Look at the comments that he made about Kisra Khan. Oh, my gosh. This has to be the end for Trump. Well, that's kind of what's going on now. This has to be the end of, of the Trump administration because we had some protests going on in airports. Uh, it's 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 a continuation also of what I talked about on last week's show about the irrationality going on with huge portions of our country. And there is an irrationality. If you look at what happened with the Obama administration, when the facts came out about that there was no such thing as hands up, don't shoot, why did we continue to have Americans propagating the, that fake news? You look at the irrationality behind the women's march, and we talked about that, about how they're supposedly out there 
protesting against platforms of hate while they're marching alongside a pro-Sharia woman who thinks female genital mutilation is okay. And now you fast forward to this week and you see this hysterica, hysteria over what happened at the airports. Meanwhile, in Barack Obama's last few days of his presidency, he put a ban on Cuban refugees and he did it in a way, a long-standing repeal of the wet foot, dry foot. We had that in place because of people fleeing communism, not fleeing countries that have gone bad because of Islamic ideology or gone bad because of President Obama, but fleeing communism. So that's what wet foot, dry foot was about. And what did Obama do? He created chaos with it. Where were all the news reports of the Cuban people stuck at airports? People that were flying here on the way here with valid visas and tourism visas that were held up and detained with no food, many of them elderly and many of them ill. Where was the hysteria there? Where has been all this about chaos, unsustainable chaos on the part of the left? The unsustainable chaos is if this continues to where we have irrational people in huge numbers in our country that are continuing to wreak chaos and havoc on us. That's the truth. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to pick this up on the other side. We're going to talk about none other than Brigitte Gabriel, who's going to be here. Of course, you know, she's got a lot to say. She has been fighting the irrationality behind Americans wanting to go down the road of what Europe did, bringing in people here who we have no idea how to vet them, no idea to make sure that they don't share the same ideology of the people that took down our Twin Towers on 9-11. That has been her mission at Act for America. So much so that the female Muslim woman who marched arm in arm, Linda Sarsour, I guess her name was, had some really incredible attacks on Brigitte Gabriel. Nobody in the left is talking about that. Nobody in the left is talking about the chaos around the world that Barack Obama implemented the chaos that, that erupted uh, on his foreign policy. Nobody, I guess, except Bri Brigitte Gabriel. So we're going to talk to her when we come back. So don't go anywhere. More Andrea K. Show coming right back up. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. So kiss me and smile for me. 
That's an oldie but beautiful song. Thank you, DJ Carrot Sticks. I came into the studio earlier and he said, you know, there's some new rules going on with music, so we got to make sure that, you know, we follow all the, the laws because that's what we do here at AM 1170. So we were talking about music. He said, how about we go with some travel songs in honor of the chaos that's been happening at airports all around America? Uh, so thank you for that, DJ Carrot Sticks. Uh, speaking of chaos, there is nobody who understands the chaos that has been created and wreaked upon the world through radical Islam more than my next guest, Brigitte Gabriel, president of Act for America and author of They Must Be Stopped, one of my personal heroes and a long time. I think she is still the number one fan favorite. I had Alan West on my show last week. I've had I had congressmen, different Congress people on. Whenever I say that I got Brigitte coming on my show, man, that brings out the listeners. Brigitte, welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Thank you, Andrea. I'm delighted to be with you. Okay, well, um, before we talk about this um, non-Muslim Muslim ban that has everybody so, you know, in hysterics, even though they didn't care about the Cubans and what went, what happened to them, I got to I got to pick your brain a little bit and take it back about a week to the Women's March, because as a woman. I, you know, I, first of all, I don't even think of myself as a woman. First, I think of myself as a human being and, and then as an American. I don't identify myself through, you know, certain parts of my body or, or whatever. But, you know, if women want to be out talking about empowerment or exercising their American rights, you know, First Amendment rights, freedom of free speech, hey, cool. I'm, I'm all for that. But what bothers me is when we have a women's march. Brigitte, talking about Trump's platforms of hate while they're arm in arm with a woman named Linda Sarsour, who tweeted out about you. Brigitte Gabriel equals Ayan Hirsi Ali. She's asking for a blank whipping. I wish I could take their vaginas away. They don't deserve to be women. Right? Yep. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, you know, here they talk about being tolerant, and you know, supposedly we're the extremists, we're the ultra right, we're the intolerant one. We are the ones who have no heart and we have no respect and we have no compassion. Yet here she is, a woman at a women's march, talking about. Two women, me and Ayan Hirsi who basically escaped uh, Islamic uh, uh, suppression and also both were victims of Islamic radical ideology, both in our own separate way, in our own separate lives. And here we are standing in America and fighting for two women's rights and two human beings' rights, where we stand up for the rights of women to do whatever they want to do and be protected under our, under our Constitution, to protect the rights of gays, unlike Islamic countries who want to throw them off uh, the ceilings. If somebody wants to change their religion, we stand up for their right to say, you know what? You have the right to choose whatever belief you want to believe in, whatever whatever God you want to worship. That's what America is all about. Yet the intolerance and the hatred that we are seeing from the part of the left, especially from the women's rights movement against two women like me and, and Ayanir Ali, and also saying that they want to do this to us, what was just mind-boggling. Andrea. And by the way, Linda Sarsour is a terrorist sympathizer. She is she has family members now serving in Israeli jails for being members of the Hamas organization and being involved in terrorist activities. Yet she is the one who was chosen to co-chair and lead the Women's March against Trump. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And, and I'm not really sure, you know, I posed the question last week to the listeners and I'm going to pose it out there again, is that how do we combat 
that kind of ir- irrationality? Uh, you know, I, I, and I'm not really sure what the answer is to that question, but I'm going to pose that out there to oh, the I, listeners. Oh, I can, I can tell you exactly okay. the answer to that question because I was on the subject this morning, and thank you for bringing it up. Here's the problem with our side. The left, they go out, they show up, they organize, they march, they scream, they network, they sign petitions, they get involved in groups, they show up to group meetings, and what do we do on our side? Nothing. We express our opinion and people sit in the privacy of their own home and they do not want to talk about it. I was talking this morning to one of my closest friends. And he was telling me that his sister would not even email him on our X for America email account because she's afraid that somebody's going to find out. She doesn't even stand with us and give money to us, support us financially, not even in cash, just in case somebody finds out that she is supporting X for America. Now, this family is very diehard conservative. They, are, they live in Northern Virginia, so they are surrounded by radical mosques, radical Muslim groups. Uh, they are everywhere. They, they are actually putting their house on the market to sell it because they can no longer live in the neighborhood where they are living because it has been taken over by radical Islamists. Yet at the same time, she is afraid to even stand up and make her voice heard. This is why we People who are conservative on the national security issue, who love this country, must come together, must work together, must sign petitions, must join groups, must show up to meetings. If there's a demonstration, we need to show up because the left is doing it and we need to start doing it. And I urge people to go to actforamerica.org, my organization, actforamerica.org, and sign our petition standing with President Trump with his executive order to protect the country. Join a chapter in your community. We have chapters all over the country. If there is no chapter in your community, start one. That's how we can stand mm-hmm. up and make a difference. Absolutely. If you're just tuning in, by the way, this is the Andrea K. Show, and I'm sure you recognize that voice. That's Brigitte Gabriel from Act for America. Uh, when I knew that you were coming on the show, I put it out there to listeners, what questions <laughs> that people have for you. And one of the questions they had is, what did you think of this non-Muslim, but it's been characterized as a Muslim band? What did you think of it? And the assumption is, is that people People think that you're going to say that it didn't go far enough. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it was something that needed to be done. And by the way, it is not a Muslim ban, because if it is a Muslim ban, we would not be allowing people from Indonesia, the largest Islamic country in the world with 204 million Muslim population. uh, We would have stopped them as well. Uh, If it was a Muslim ban, we would have stopped immigration from Egypt, which is the largest Arabic country with 85 million people population, all Muslims. This is not a Muslim ban. This is a ban on Islamic countries who harbor and support terrorism and who have failed leadership. And to give you an example of why we need to institute such a ban is since September 11th in the last six years, we have arrested 550 terrorists. Half of them were not born in the United States. More than two dozen of them were either refugees or came here on an asylum status. So what we did basically this weekend by instituting this executive order was exactly what we needed to do. And if Trump truly wanted to do an Islamic ban, then actually if he really wants to declare war like what the left is making it look like, he would have stopped immigration from Saudi Arabia, from uh, from Egypt, from Lebanon, from every other Islamic country out there, and he did not.
including Pakistan, because that's where the wife uh, or the lady from San Bernardino, she came here on a, vi- a, fi- a fiancé exactly. uh, from Pakistan. You know, the favorite left uh, talking points about this is that it's un-American. And I loved what Dr. Zudi said um, yesterday on, on the TV. He's another fan favorite of my show. He said, what's more, what's more American than fighting theocracy? Because there is a political element. It's being couched so much as that, you know, we uh, America adheres to and believes in freedom of religion. We absolutely do. But really, those who are coming to harm us are actually coming here because they want theocracy. They want to take us over from within, like the Muslim Brotherhood. They want to replace the Constitution with the Koran. So I love that quote of his. How do you counter the charge that it's un-American? It is absolutely American, and actually this is exactly what our founding fathers did. Listen, our founding fathers fought the British, fought the Britain, fought their own people in order for us to be independent and have our own country. Who said this is not un-American? This is exactly what our founding fathers did, and we are exactly following in their footsteps, because we need to protect America, the greatest nation on the face of the planet, and we need to protect the rights of Americans, preserve the freedom of Americans, and preserve everything this nation was founded upon. And this is why we are fighting for our democracy. We are fighting for our Judeo-Christian value system. Those who want to come to our country and who want to adopt our way of life and who want to adopt our Western values and who want to respect our Constitution and who believe that the Constitution is the highest authority of the land, those types of people we welcome with open arms so they can come here and they can be a part of the American fabric. But anybody who comes here who has no respect for our Constitution because they believe it was a man written law and not Allah given law. Those type of people we do not want in our country. If they cannot respect our fundamental constitution, which is what this country is based upon in our laws and our rules, why do we want them here? What makes us un-American by wanting to protect the most most basic and most fundamental American document? Again, this is why we must show President Trump that we are standing behind him, because this is the type of lies and this is the type of attacks that the left is throwing against the president. This is why we need people to go to our website, actsforamerica.org, and sign our petition, which will be delivered to the president. He's going to be coming under a massive attacks, even from outside. Um, I gave an interview yesterday, Andrea, to Sky News, which is the international television station that airs worldwide, all public air based out of Britain. And this is their number one thing was, you know, oh, they're attacking President Trump and, you know, this is so un-American and we are not being compassionate against, you know, the refugees who are coming and America has no more compassion. And I said, Give me a break. The whole issue about compassion. I mean, what about, where was, you know, here they are accusing us of compassion. Where was the compassion from the world body when 5 million people were massacred in Congo and Sudan in the last decade? 5 million. Five times more than anything that has been killed in Syria because of the war in Syria. Where was our compassion? The whole world did not have any compassion because they were blacks and they cared less. The whole world let them die and turn blind eye. There were no immigration services in Europe. There were no immigration services in the United States or anywhere else. So how come now the whole big blue, big uh, hoopla about the Syrians? This is nothing more than a political ploy and a political showdown. And that's why we need to know better and we need to understand better. Absolutely. And there is nothing more, uh, there's nothing more American than protecting us. I, I can't remember the exact quote, but our, our legislators and our military, they, they put their hand on the Bible and they, 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 
claim they promise to protect us against all enemies, foreign and domestic, is I think exactly how it's phrased. That is the most basic, in fact, that's the most basic job of our government, is to protect us and to keep us safe. And if you if you know that we have enemies out there, that they exist, what is? where's the compassion for the Americans? Where's the compassion for us exactly. to keep us safe when we know that there's people that are going to come here to do us harm from all around the world? You know, there's there's exactly. enemies of every stripe and every color and every religion out there. And so the fact that you, that, that it it somehow might somehow involve a religion should not give somebody a shield against vetting. And that's that's kind of what's being used against us here. You, I, I went to the Act for America conference in September. Amazing. One of the best things that I've ever done, Brigitte. In particular, one of the things that I did was we went to Congress and you brought in, I think, about 15 different Congress people who came and spoke to us. And there was a few different uh, legislators, including Mike Pompeo, who had a legislation that they were putting forth to declare the Muslim Brotherhood a terrorist organization. Where are those pieces of legislation? Where do they stand with Trump and with Congress right now? Great. We are working on that as well. And right now the bill is being refined and we're actually going to have the bill presented in the House and also in the Senate declaring the Muslim Brotherhood a terrorist organization. And it will go down. And so we're going to be notifying people who are signed up on our email list uh, when this bill is coming down so they can call their elected official and basically pressure them and tell them to co-sponsor that bill and to pass that bill. There's also another bill introduced now by Congressman Babin. about stopping the funding for refugees coming into the United States. Because remember, Congress holds the purse strings. Congress right now can stop the funding for all these refugees coming to the United States, including the approved refugees. So we want to make sure that members of Congress are held accountable. Uh, People who are interested in these bills, they can always at any time go to our website, actsforamerica.org, and click on Contact Congress or our, our legislative agenda. They will be able to see the bills, the number of the bills, with the bill states, they will be able to read it. They'll be able to see how many co-sponsors the bill has. Uh, we're also going to be sending out a video for all our members who are signed up on our email list uh, in the next couple of weeks, teaching them how to lobby, how to talk to their elected officials, how to get their elected officials' attention. For example, Andrea, a lot of people say, what is my voice going to count? My congressman needs to hear from 40,000 people before you know they take any action about anything. Not true. I talk to elected officials all the time, and I ask them, how many people do you need to hear from in order for you to make an issue your top priority? And you will be shocked at the number. They say 40 to 50 people on a state level. That's it. Because they believe if one person makes a phone call or writes a letter or an email, he or she are representing 1,000 couch potatoes who feel the same way, Mm -hmm. yet they are too lazy to make a phone call or write a letter, but they vote on Election Day. That translates to 40 to 50,000 voters on Election Day. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure we have more than 40 people listening to this broadcast right now. We want you informed. We want you empowered. We want you engaged. You need to learn how to do this stuff. Make sure you sign up to get our emails and action alerts because now is the time for the American public to be mobilized and hold our elected officials' feet to the fire and make sure we let them know that they actually have a spine and they need to exercise it and use it. Otherwise, we'll throw them out and we'll get somebody in in their place who actually can stand up straight and will have the courage to defend the country. Absolutely. I was incredibly impressed by uh, the 
the power, I guess, for lack of a better word, that Act for America has with Congress right now. I mean, everybody from Ted Cruz to Pompeo to Babin they, uh, to, um, I can't remember her name, she's uh, Marsha Blackburn. I mean, they were all there yep. uh, at the Act for America yep. conference. Peter, and came King, and spoke to us. Peter King, oh, Gomert. Um, I, mean, exactly. I, I mean, it was all I mean, of our top Congress people. Top. Absolutely. And one yep. of the things. And now, Pompeo is the, is the head of the CIA. Yes. And, uh, you yeah. know, Pompeo has spoken at our national conference every year, and he actually sponsored. Andrea, that legislative briefing that you went to. Um, so we are having one this year. Uh, we have not released a date yet, but it's going to be probably the first week of September. Make sure you stay tuned for our upcoming national conference. Last year, our national conference was covered by C-SPAN, was covered by Fox News, was covered by NHK, the, the Japanese television, the worldwide television, which reaches 100 million people. So it's going to be a huge event this year. We want to make sure people are signed up and aware. Stay tuned information will be coming out about it. It will be on our website, actforamerica.org. Well, I want to leave with this because as everybody is all hysterical today with this executive order and, and other uh, uh, plans that Trump has, President Trump has to, to keep America safe, the analogy you gave at the Act for America conference really resonated with me and, and with others that were there. And, and I've quoted it many times. You gave a great analogy. You said, look, if there was a, a terminal disease being carried around in the, in the country of China, and if, if you came just came in contact with someone from China who had that disease and you were rendered dead on contact, would we not stop immediately bringing people here from China? If, because if you don't know who the carrier is, I'm not explaining that well. Maybe you can say it better. Well, you know what? We did the same thing with the Ebola virus. Remember when we were having whatever that virus about last year? Because I remember we had um, chapter leaders who wanted to come from Nairobi. And actually, they could not get a visa from the American embassy because of the virus, because they were carrying the virus. I, I think it was the Ebola um, what was it, that virus for three Americans? Yeah, Remember they yeah, had to bring the them to America and quarantine them? Yeah, the Ebola. Ebola. So our embassies stopped giving visas to people coming from Africa in those countries because they were harboring that disease. What's yeah. the difference? What's the difference when you know that now ISIS has infiltrated the refugee population? ISIS already said we have people embedded and we are sending them to the West and we want them and with the refugee population to carry on terrorist attacks. Wouldn't it be just the wise thing to do by at least stopping right now the influx of whatever's coming to the country until we make sure we can vet them and make sure who is the carrier of the disease and who is not? So those who are not carrying the disease, we can let them in and those who have the disease, we can say, no, you're not allowed into the country. We're going to turn you back away. Right. I think it's really important to use an analogy that, that it takes it to a different type of discussion and then it kind of takes some of the emotion out of it. And it helps people exactly. to understand that it's not that you hate Muslims. It's that we don't really know who the carrier is of a certain whatever. And we've got it. We've got the right. I mean, you would you would do that if there was a, a terminal disease and everybody can wrap their heads around well, that. Uh, and Andrea, if we hated Muslims, we would stop immigration from Indonesia and Pakistan immediately yeah. and Saudi Arabia. Absolutely. And I can name 50 other Islamic countries, but we're not doing it. We only stopped it from seven countries, six, by the way, six of whom was put on the list by President Obama. The only extra country that Trump added was the country of Syria. And not to mention the fact that in 2011, um, 
President Obama himself issued a moratorium. I don't. I think it was even for six yeah. months of bringing anybody here from Iraq. And in 1979, Jimmy Carter rounded up Iranian students, checked their visas, and sent 15,000 of them back and stopped bringing anybody here from over there. So, I mean, there is a precedent for this. So this hysteria over this is is just really irrational, and it's really meant uh, to beat people over the head and bully people with the PC stick for, for a variety of different agendas. Brigitte Gabriel, love you so much. Thanks for being here. Act for America, everybody. Go to our website, sign up, and sign the petitions and get involved. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Okay, stay tuned, Andrea K. Show listeners, because we're going to shift some gears, get into a little bit of economics when we come back from the break. And I hope you're still watching on Facebook Live because my girl Julie Mills Brennan is here. You're going to get to see her in a minute. We're going to talk about real estate. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place, much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. Some of y'all are watching on Facebook Live which is going to be our new plan every Tuesday. Joining me in the studio right now. See, this is why I love Facebook Live, because you guys have been hearing a lot of my experts on my show, on the radio show, but you didn't necessarily get to see them. And who would not want to see my next guest, Julie Mills Brennan. She's my real estate expert here, because y'all know that real estate is a passion of mine. So I've got Julie with me, waving at everybody on Facebook. See, thank you so much for coming all the way here in the studio. Usually you just get to take it easy and like call me from when you're out on the road, right in the roads here in San Diego. True, but this is more fun. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> Way more fun. Um, and real estate is fun. And yes, it is. It is. It's very fun, especially when the market is hot like it is right now in San Diego. Um which is great for sellers, for buyers, depending on where you're at, if you're a first-time buyer, there's still amazing deals going on. And I got to thinking the other day, because as I was canoodling around on Zillow and looking at all kinds of real estate stuff like I do, because, you know, it is kind of my porn, for lack of a better expression, (laughs) stuff started popping up to me about the mortgage interest deduction and that it might possibly be going away. Everybody's kind of waiting right now to kind of see what Trump's going to do with taxes. In fact, a lot of the Republican Party are kind of concerned with him right now because he's, they feel like it was the priority was supposed to be Obamacare. Um, he's done some stuff with regulations. He's, they're still trying to figure out what's going to go with the, uh, Obamacare. 
the market got up above 20, which was great. Now it's hovering a little bit. And so he's starting to be the subject of criticism that he hasn't dealt with taxes and that there's even some speculation that they might be doing away with the mortgage interest deduction. And I got to thinking in San Diego, in the market we've got here, that could not be good if they got rid of the mortgage interest. No, it would be terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you can explain to people so that they know, because one of the things Brigitte was just talking about was how Americans do have power when you pick up the phone and you call your Congress people. So as they start looking at tax policy, I want to make sure people understand the different taxes. Everybody, I think, has a good understanding of Obamacare and what it means to them with taxes. But I don't think people really do with real estate. Okay, so the a brief synopsis of the mortgage interest deduction is that you can take up to a million dollars of um, your debt and write off your interest every month. So, you know, if you have a, f- a first home or and even a second home, you can you can combine those amounts and take off the deduction. So basically, what it does is when you when you do your taxes at the end of the year, you're going to be paying quite a bit less once you take the deduction. So what I tell my clients is once you get the deduction, you're actually going to get more money back or you're going to pay less taxes. It's just, it's a no brainer. I mean, it's, it's going to be a monetary benefit to you to get this deduction and And it's way better than, than rent because rent, you don't get a reduction. Absolutely. Well, but then it, okay. So there, but the mortgage is higher on a monthly basis than the rent. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Well, I w- okay. See, I didn't know that. I was thinking, what would be the break-even point? What would somebody look at to say, okay, here's what my rent is. Here's what an average mortgage payment would be that I can afford. Here's the break-even to where it's now the same. Typically, but- I would say that about two hundred. You could probably use about two hundred dollars a month. One or two, two. I mean, I would, I would round it to two hundred dollars. It could save you over rent. So if you're paying fourteen hundred dollars in rent, you could probably pay a sixteen hundred dollar mortgage, and it would most likely be the same. It depends on your tax situation. Mm-hmm. I'm not an accountant, but uh, it's it's significant. So is there any mortgages out there for $1,600 a month in yes, San Diego? There Are is. you kidding? No. Yeah, there is. I mean, it's, it's very, it's very um, hard to find, um, but you know, I mean, you have to buy, you have to, you're looking at a purchase price of around $250,000 or less. And there are some places still like that. Are they condos mostly? They are condos. Well, that's fine. Not a house, but um, you can get a condo. I'm look, looking. I'm actually working on two condos right now: one two sixty five and one for two ten. What part of town? Uh, one of them is in uh, Granite Hills, which is part of El Cajon, and the okay. other one is in Casa de Oro, which is kind of by is in Spring Valley. Now, I didn't ask you about this before coming in, but I'm also seeing all these kinds of ads about reverse reverse mortgages. And I'm thinking that there's a lot of people in their 60s in San Diego that have a lot of equity in their homes. Why would they not do a reverse mortgage, pull all that money out and buy condos as investments? The reverse mortgage does not work like that from what my understanding is. I honestly don't do too many of them and I'm not the lender, but my understanding is, is it just helps you pay your mortgage. I don't think it takes, I don't think you take out the mortgage in order to use it for other things. I think it has a specific purpose. Okay. And that's for the... (laughs) So much for my idea. I could research that next time. Could you? Because I've been curious about that because I'm thinking, you know what, what a way for people to kind of buy multiple properties in San Diego. Because then if you're if you're like, say you're in your 60s and maybe you've got some kids or or, you know, it's a way for you to maybe 
um, just have another investment or maybe have another little vacation home somewhere. You- True. I, I think maybe what you're more for if you I mean, if you're going to take out money of your out of your property in, in lieu of a reverse mortgage, I think maybe what you're talking about would be more like an equity line of credit. And you can use that towards what you want. A reverse mortgage is just is 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 not, I don't think is the vehicle that we okay. would probably use for that, but I will do some research for us. I would appreciate that Absolutely. because I'm not even really sure what all the reverse mortgage thing is about, but I'm just seeing more and more and more ads for that. And I'm always trying to think of ways that people can, you know, take advantage of this, of right. this market that we've got right now. Right. And especially too, that's going to help the, the elderly, you know, figure out how to not have their kids perhaps pay for, you know, their life because they're going to be able to have that reverse mortgage will actually help them come up with some extra money mm-hmm. per month so that they can support themselves. Another question that I didn't post to you in advance, so my apologies. Uh, uh, big conversation, uh, two weekends in a row among people in my circle. What? Why is some of the lu- luxury areas in San Diego, like Rancho Santa Fe, Rancho Santa Fe seems to be the, on- the, the one luxury area that's losing market value. People are struggling to sell their homes out there. Why is that? Well, you know? you know, first of all, there are millions and millions of dollars. I mean, there's not a, I mean, there's, you have to be very, very high end, you know, income level and qualification level to purchase that type of property. I mean, some of them are 10 to $25 million. But yeah, we still see like in the Barber Tract area in La Jolla, we have, we see proper properties of that same value and they're, and they're still maintaining the value. I'm wondering if it has something to do with lifestyle choice. That Perhaps. People don't want those really big you know, expensive. It is more inland. Proper, yes, you know, more I mean, I think a lot of times people want to pay for a beautiful ocean view or, you know, to live by the coast, you know, within minutes from the coast. And that isn't minutes with, you know, oh, the traffic is, is, you know, 10 miles, 10, 15 miles from the coast. Well, the traffic's terrible. You've got huge plots of land you've got to take care of. And in, in, right. in terms of. Yeah, land. that's interesting. I mean, I can I can research that and do a comparison between La Jolla and in Rancho Santa Fe and come up with the some better answers. But I'm just thinking that, you know, if I was going to spend 20 million dollars, I would rather spend it. So right, you know, by the beach. See, me too. <laughs> that's just my opinion. But yeah, that's why and, we live here. <laughs> and I don't. Yeah. And I don't even know if there really is like a real answer. If it's just that, you know, it's kind of like, why do some restaurants stay open and do well and others close? You're right. You know, and a lot of it's a lot of it's location. And yeah. So you have to you have to think anything with me in real estate. I always say it's location. There's got to be some kind of location logistic that isn't as favorable as another. Are things back in Temecula? Because that was an area, you know, as the um, or well, let me just ask this in general, you know, as the market values go back up, people have to start looking at the outlying areas, the outskirts. Correct. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I don't have a lot of people that I know that go to to Temecula from San Diego. Or also maybe even like east, east, east. Yes. No, I mean, they're going um, There's a lot of people that are going to, you know, Otay Ranch, which is the, you know, East Lake down in Chula Vista. You can get some pretty nice property out there for pretty good bang for your buck. Um, a lot of, there's some pretty, pretty nice areas of Escondido. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of good parts of Escondido that, uh, you can get um, some pretty nice property, but yes, you're right. A lot of times you go on the outskirts when you're looking for, mm-hmm. you know, a better deal. Well, Hey, it's still San Diego. It is. You're still, you're still able to get on the freeway and get to the beach. It is. It yeah. is. And it's the, it's America's finest city. It is. Now, how can people get a hold of you, San Diego's finest realtor? Yes. Um, I, I would, I would love it if you would call me at 
888-447-7113. You can text me, call me, whatever. I'll respond immediately. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, lovely lady. Absolutely. But you owe me answers on the reverse mortgage next time you come in. Because I'm definitely curious about how you can use that money if you pull it out. Are there restrictions on it? And can somebody use it to invest in other properties? You got it. Thank you, doll. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Now, when we come back, we're going to shift some more gears because tonight there's a huge announcement that's going to happen with Trump, and it has to do with the Supreme Court. And we're going to keep an eye on him, though, in terms of the taxes and and regulations and all that, because I had actually kind of hoped that there'd be a little bit more movement on the tax end by now. But that's okay because it's going to happen. And more Andrea K. Show is going to happen on the other side of the break. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. I just love me some Julie because I love real estate. So, um, One of the big things that... I think probably the top issue for a lot of Christians and conservatives that I knew of in terms of why they voted for Trump and and the reason why they were able to get past a lot of the stuff that was happening with him and some of the issues that people had with him was Supreme Court nominees. And they knew that that was really, if we didn't get a Republican, even if he wasn't exactly conservative as you would like, if we didn't get a conservative or a Republican in some form in there to deal with these nominations that America would be changed forever. You talk about chaos, you talk about chaos that was created by the left and is continuing to be created. The, the chaos of what we would be going through as a nation if, if the left got their picks in the Supreme Court is astounding. Um, so tonight, Trump is going to be announcing his Supreme Court nominee. And I did a little research on the top contenders. A lot of people are speculating that it's going to be Hardman. Um, the other... Top choice is supposedly Neil Gorsuch. I found a great article on Mother Jones that kind of gave a little bit different insight in terms of who the picks are than some of the other stories that I had read. The initial pick, the favorite, was supposed to be somebody named William Pryor. And he is actually who Jeff Sessions, he replaced, he succeeded Jeff Sessions as Alabama's attorney general. In fact, Sessions, this is Sessions' pick. Um, He, uh, to give a little bit of background about him, uh, he was filibustered back when George W. Bush during the during the W. administration because of his, quote, extremist anti-gay views. He is the most 
anti-Roe v. Wade of any of the contenders. In fact, he referred to Roe v. Wade as the worst abomination of constitutional law in our history. So he is quite the, if we're looking for a hardcore conservative and the one that many of the Christians and conservatives were looking to, to overturn Roe v. Wade, it would be prior. Um, however, according to this article, he's kind of fallen out of favor with some of the people uh, in the Trump administration. So we're not really sure uh, why that is. Thomas Hardman, he's the guy, he's um, kind of the blue collar of all of them. He put himself, I think he was the first to graduate college in his family. Most people know about him uh, on that end. And he worked as a taxi driver to put himself through school. So, it, you know, that's a, a compelling personal story. Here's what concerns me about Hardman. He volunteered to help undocumented immigrants, i.e. illegal aliens in D.C. at a nonprofit legal clinic. And his family is from a very powerful Democrat family. Although he was, uh, Senator Arlen Specter described him as a protege of former Senator Rick Santorum, um, he donated to Bush and other Republican politicians. To me, he's quite the squishy middle-of-the-road guy, so I'm really not in favor of Hardman. Here's what's interesting to me about the Supreme Court. The left always gets it right. Every time they nominate somebody and that person gets on the court, they go hard left every decision. And the Republican Party gets it wrong half the time. When I'm reading that a nominee from a Republican helped illegal aliens, that's not my pick for the Supreme Court. On top of it, from what I can tell here, there's really not been uh, any rulings of his on any abortion case. So we have no idea how he, how he would vote in Roe v. Wade. So really not liking Hardman here as my top pick. In terms of Neil Gorsuch, um, he's the one that is the youngest. He's 49. He, according to this article, they think that he's probably the leading contender just because he looks like he's straight out of central casting. He's really good looking. He looks the part. He's Ivy League, very pedigreed. Um, he's, quote, a winner. Uh, in terms of his constitutional creds, he is considered to be in the conservative mold of Antonin Scalia, a, a true originalist, and believes in interpreting the law as the founders would. He also uh, ruled in favor of Hobby Lobby, which, as you all know, was really an, a, a violation of their First Amendment rights. Um, however, Phyllis Shafley, her son, Phyllis Shafley's son, actually, is concerned about him when it comes to uh, the pro-life uh, issue, saying that Gorsuch here is not pro-life because he wrote an opinion noting his obligation to follow court precedent. So people are concerned that his that if his if his leanings are really just to follow court precedent and not really look at the court previous court rulings in terms of how it really holds up against the Constitution, that he's not our guy. So kind of interesting there. Um, the other one, kind of the outlier, is somebody named Don Willette, who calls himself Texas's most conservative justice. Um, but I don't really know a whole lot about his rulings. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know what? I've actually got some pros and cons of each of these guys. Why is it that as Republicans, we don't have a batch ready to go like the left does that are just hardcore conservative all across the board and all across the line? To me, this is a recipe for having somebody that could go either way at times when we don't need that. Still better, obviously, than if Hillary Clinton we're in office and had her pick. We don't need, you know, a bunch of Sotomayors across the board. 
Um, but I'm actually not feeling, I think if I had to pick um, of these, which I would go with, I'd probably go with Gorsuch because I think really the likelihood of overturning Roe v. Wade is slim anyway. And even if it does, it's just going to go back to the states. And I would rather have somebody in who sees himself as in the mold of a Justice uh, Scalia. These are really, really scary chaotic times, not because of anything Trump has done, but because of what the left is trying to do. The chaos in, as a part of their cultural Marxist play, and they have really won in a lot of instances. When you when you think back to my interview at the top of the hour with Brigitte Gabriel and the fear that people live in already, they have successfully trampled our First Amendment rights. One of the reasons why the left got it wrong in terms of the polls and whether or not Trump was going to win is because Americans were too scared to speak up and too scared to say that they support Trump. The bullying on the part of the left has been so powerful and so effective that Americans have literally been silenced. This next story is, is kind of a CNN is reporting. I'm just going to give it straight up and let you guys kind of think about what you think about this. I don't know. Maybe not. CNN is reporting that the Boy Scouts of America is going to start accepting members based on their, quote, gender identity, which opens the door for transgender boys to join. And this supposedly they're saying it's not necessarily because of an eight year old boy who was supposedly kicked out. Joe Maldonado, who, who from New Jersey, was kicked out because I guess uh, he identified Joe, I guess, was a girl or identified as a boy or whatever. Um <sighs> I want to be sensitive here because I do think that there are children out there. I'll just say it this way. When I was a kid, I thought I should have been born a boy. I did not see myself as a girl. I didn't want to do girl stuff. I didn't want to wear girl clothes. I didn't want to play with girl toys. I thought that a mistake had been made. And I am really grateful that I did not have parents at the time who would have decided to start me on the process, dress me in boy clothes, and tell everybody that I was a boy. I have sympathy for children that feel this way because that's, that's how I felt at a certain time in my life. But I grew out of it. However, there are kids out there that maybe never will grow out of it. But I think that what we need to do is we, what we should be doing as a society is say, you know what? We're not going to change as a society what we constitute as gender because gender is scientific. If you want to be the party of science, here it is. Gender is from God, and it has to do with the ability to procreate. Science tells us which gender that we are. But if you, when you get to be an adult, if you decide that you want to change yourself from, you know, Josephine to Joe, do that as an adult. You have every right to do that. And I'm going to say, hey, that's your choice to do that. Undergo, take your hormones, undergo surgery or whatever. But I have a real problem, even though I have sympathy for children that feel like they've been born in the wrong body or feel like they identify with something and they don't want to be bullied. Well, I have sympathy for that. At the same token, I also have sympathy for the other children who are now being forced to suffer uncomfortable circumstances because of some family that decides that their circumstances are more important than somebody else's. I don't really know what the solution here is for, you know, uh, for this situation for families out there. DJ Carrot Sticks, anything you want to chime in there? Well, you, I, I, you, you took this. You took the class here at San Diego State for gen, gender equality. I did. Yeah. And actually, I was a Boy Scout. I didn't make it past Tenderfoot though, but uh, that's like white belt. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just gonna say, instead of you know changing of who gets to allowed, because the rule has always been that they use what is on your birth certificate. Mm -hmm. um, so how about instead of just, you know, changing who's allowed in, and how about changing some of the things maybe the Girl Scouts do or the Boy Scouts do and make it instead of just, 
you know, I don't know exactly what the Girl Scouts do. I know they sell cookies because they always target me when they see me coming to Vons. <laughs> but, you know, maybe do some more. You mean change their activities? Yeah, like maybe the Girl Scouts should do some more wood shopping or fire starting and and you know, instead See, of like, I'm not really sure what's behind it. I'm not sure if it's if it's really a legitimate. This this little girl sees herself as a boy, so she wants to go and do these boy activities. But I think you might be right. It might have to do with is it really an activity oriented thing, or do we have a family here that's trying to exploit their kid for a political agenda? That's what concerns me about this. But I try to be sensitive because I know that there's families out there that really have heartbreaking circumstances, and you know, so I do want to be sensitive to that. Well, and I'm sure that's going to be hard. There's going to be, you know, different cases. Not everything's, you know, it's not cookie cutter or whatnot. But I, I think that, you know, you have a point there. Is is the, the child that says she wants to be around other boys or is it that she just wants to do what the Boy Scouts do? Right. And if it's and if it's that she wants to do what the Boy Scouts do, then you're right. Maybe adjust the Girl Scouts activity plans so that it's more in line with what the Boy Scouts are doing. I also think that organizations should have the right to decide who gets to be a member of their organization. And if it has but if it comes down to a tax situation where you have to go with what the government wants because you're a tax exempt organization, then, you know, pay your own taxes if you want to have that control. And why do we have to force force the Boy Scouts just to change? I'm sure, you know, even Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, there's got to be some other type of facility that you know offers what this girl's looking for whether it be another camp type thing or karate or there's got to be other activities that they could find for their right. child instead of forcing them to be in a group they don't want to be or forcing the group to change. Well, I think that there are children out there that legitimately feel this way. I think that they should be told that you that that's a decision you get to make when you become an adult, that you still have a lot of growing left to do. I think that parents should not be pulling the trigger and automatically going, going on, just kind of ignore it like my parents did. But there's also a lot of political activists out there that are exploiting these children to push their own particular agenda. And that's being pushed on other kids in these organizations. How uncomfortable for little eight-year-old boys to not have to share a bathroom with a little girl with her private parts. And it just creates chaos in organizations that are supposed to be about learning how to tie ropes and learning how to bake cookies or do whatever it is. It's ridiculous. And it's kind of gotten out of control. It has. I got to wrap up with my awards for the week, Hero of the Week, and last week's Fool, this week's Tool Award. For Hero of the Week, I'm going with Fallen Seal Team 6 member, uh, William Ryan Owens. He uh, sustained wounds. The, he died from wounds he sustained in a raid against Al-Qaeda. Hey, I thought Al-Qaeda was dead. I thought we were on, on the run, thanks to Obama. No, Al-Qaeda's alive and well, because what, whatever name you want to call particular groups, the threat of radical Islam is alive and well around the world. And we have American heroes that are fighting to save us from this. And if we don't continue to keep them from coming here, we're going to have this happen here on American soil. And that's what Donald Trump is trying to do. God bless this hero for his service to our nation and all those that are out there fighting to protect us. For last week's Fool, this week's Tool Award, it's got to go to up Chuck Schumer. It, it's too late for him to qualify for a Razzie Award. For this year's Razzies, but you know that's that's the kind of bad acting typically that you see in old Saved by the Bell reruns. Okay, do you remember? You, you don't know that Saved by the Bell. Oh, show. of course. Yeah, I mean this is the kind of or you know old old episodes of Andy Griffith show. Horrible acting, and I have to assume that it was bad acting on Schumer's part because otherwise I have to think that a U.S. congressman actually shed more tears for a hundred non-citizens who were a little inconvenienced in the airport than for thirty Americans that were besieged in Benghazi, four of which who died, and then their family members who were lied to. 
by Obama and Hillary and the world lied to so that Barack Obama could push a political agenda at the U.N. three weeks later and saying the world does not belong to those who would slander the prophet Muhammad. Obama, by the way, needs to shut up and go away. Oh, he broke his silence. What silence? Hadn't even been a week. Anyway, well, let's keep this conversation rolling. I'm Andrea Kay. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, everybody who watched on Facebook Live earlier. Have a great night. Love you all.